Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to The Ernest Man Show. Wherever you may be in this world. Just a quick message on how you can win a fabulous prize. After listening to an episode, simply go to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and go to the Discuss comment section below the episode. Leave a comment. That's it. It's that simple. Within a week, if a winner is chosen, you possibly could be a winner of a fabulous prize. Okay, well, it's it's not a car or a boat, but then again, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So, what are you waiting for? You've got a good chance, and you can say anything you like. So, that's my message. Now, let's go to the show. This episode is 102, The Something or Nothing Society, What Has Gone Wrong? And that is what we're going to be talking about. What has gone wrong? Is there any kind of noticeable change that you've noticed in the last few years? I have noticed quite a bit of change, but I'm an older guy. One of the few advantages of being an older person is that you uh, hopefully have some perspective. I've seen a lot um, change. And one of those things, I believe much more so today than, say, 40 years ago, is uh, that everything has rapidly become a sale, a commodity. And it's um, not healthy. And absolute consumerism has become the de facto law of the land. And I don't know about you, but as far as I'm concerned, that is a uh, psychopathic wet dream, let's say. I don't like the idea uh, that everything has been, including people, of course, commoditized. There's, um, there is a bond that is not there. There is a call for this, and the strangeness is that simultaneously there's nothing there to connect to. Because what many people are finding out, particularly the young, is that what is being offered of this dual-edged sword is the vision where everything is possible, it just can't actually happen. So people are isolated for a whole host of reasons, all of them bad. For instance, 
let me give you just one simple example. <clears throat> what a lot of folks don't realize is that if you have a movie night, let's say, and you may want to uh, watch or purchase a movie online, and you're all sitting around and watching the movie, this is the same thing pretty much if you go to a theater. And, um, but even though you are potentially together as a group, it is still a individualized experience. And there is a huge difference, for instance, between a group of family or friends getting together and singing and playing music. Now, I don't know if uh, that sounds campy to you or not, but I'm telling you, it's real. So, um, yeah, try it sometime. Instead of saying, well, we're going to do a movie pizza night, say, well, we're going to get a big old jug of cheap wine and somebody can, a couple people can bring their guitars or whatever it is you can play, bongos, whatever the hell it is. Um, and, you know, get five, six people together, maybe more. It all depends on your, you know, personal circumstances. And if you're a little uptight or ill at ease, the wine will help. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think most people <laughs> have, they have enough rhythm in them to at least play a tambourine. Um, but yeah, um, if you do that, if you try that experiment, maybe try it a couple weeks, weekends in a row, you you won't the next time it's movie night will be changed to music night. Or maybe you could um, tell stories to each other. This very, very, I know, this very, very old-fashioned thing, um, it takes on a life of its own. And um, once you get involved in this, you will start to look back and you'll say, what in the hell do I want to sit around and watch TV all the time? Why do I want you know, this to watch a movie? Because that is, even though you're in a group, I'm saying once again, it's an individual experience. Whereas playing music or exchanging stories, stuff like that is, is actually, actually a real uh, group experience. It's different. And it, in my opinion, it opens up certain aspects of yourself that, um, hell, for all I know, maybe they've been dormant for many years, or for that matter, maybe they've never been open. If you have never done this, and I have done this, Many, many, many times. And if you haven't, you don't know what you're missing. Now, bear in mind, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I, 
the object here is not to sit around and start playing some some kind of music and then you just get flat out drunk. <laughs> that's uh, that's not the intention. Uh, as they used to say, the the passing of the jug is it's simply meant as a uh, well, it's a let's say a a mild um, primer of good feeling. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, that that is not the sole purpose of this gathering. Um, so yeah, if you don't know anyone who is, uh, you know, not able to play an instrument, then do something else that requires, you know, interaction. I know this might sound again, this may sound campy, but you could pay charades. You could do anything, but the goal of it is, is not this separation that's going on. People sitting down, say, you know, a couple of a couple of people and they're frantically, you know, playing a video game. That is not interacting. It's something else. And in my opinion, it's it's not really healthy. Um, it is, and actually, as far as uh, getting any kind of real connection um, with folks is concerned, I feel it's it's actually ironically very counterproductive. But I started off by saying, I was talking about the title was Something for Nothing Society. What's gone wrong? Well, that's that's kind of where I segued into this. Because I feel that is where it went wrong. And we're talking a good 50 years ago. And here's the thing. Like anything else, um, bad, sometimes good, but usually bad. There's, it's not like we have something and as it goes across, you know, gener generationally, uh, it's not like something just shows up and just completely blows the previous generation out of the water because despite all of the uh, tales of that, of generational conflict, for instance, when, you know, the, the 50s and early rock and roll came and of just this torrent of, you know, early middle-aged adults that just absolutely hated this rock and roll and were listening to guys like Perry Como and Lawrence Welk and folks of that ilk. But the truth is, is that uh, those people saw the fun of it and kind of said, you know, hey, this this isn't uh, this isn't bad. And, you know, they they kind of, you know, went along with it as well, of course, because they were not teenagers. then hopefully most of them, unless they had 
some sort of mental issues. Uh, you didn't see, you know, many 30s and 40s year old women who wanted to transform themselves into, you know, patent leathers and bobby socks and trying to pass themselves off as 16. I'm sure there were a few. I'm sure in relative in number there were a few, but that's always the case. But on the flip side, it's not as though you had this, you know, all to hell and damn that rock and roll and, and all that. If anything, of course, it would have been um, the well-established uh, generationally, the, the, the performers and people, the music of that uh, previous era that hated it because it represented a, uh, a huge departure from what they had done and built their careers on. And, you know, it's like the new thing. <clears throat> and it, um, it threatened them. So that's, you know, that's to be expected. But the thing is that there are very legitimate um, differences in what was, say, taking place because there is a difference between even technologically and sonically. There are huge differences, and I'll get to that in a bit. But the thing is, above and beyond that, it has to do, because you have to remember, again, even if I'm using this, this uh, argument that, say, for instance, music, which can in and of itself lead to, a, you know, it's a form of social cohesion. But um, what is beyond that, say above that, are people that are trained basically to be only consumers for their whole meaningless lives. I know because I lived it. I want you to hear what I'm saying, that I was a part of that. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know I was being used. I didn't know that when I was participating and with the music and going and, you know, buying all the records that I could, when there would have been an, a much, much cheaper, better way to do it, and I was paying with my own money that I earned, not mommy and daddy's money, my money. And, you know, back then, if you were paying, depending on the group, depending, if you're paying anywhere from possibly, you know, seven bucks to... 12 bucks for an album that was a lot of money at least to me so it better damn well be a good album and nope 
You didn't lend out your vinyl. <laughs> Not if uh, either A, anytime soon, I don't care if it was your best friend or not, but if either if in most cases, uh, either if you ever wanted to see it again or to see it in the nice newish pristine uh, non-scratched condition uh, because they're going to get it. Oh, and they're going to swear and they're going to promise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, I'll take care of it, I, you know. And then one or two parties later, <laughs> you... It's basically, you know, scratched all the hell and the, the cover's got you know, orange juice stains on it or whatever. So, yeah, I mean, but that was all part, again, of the consumerist thing. And um, what, by comparison, I feel the difference is now is that that in and of itself is the only game in town. That's it. That's that's the difference. So what I'm saying is, is that um, we got together and we may listen to an album, but we also got together and we played sports and we got together and we played instruments together. We got together and we went fishing. These things are different. They are different in scope. They are different in their effect on us and how we relate to each other. There's, uh, I've seen, I've seen this picture actually. It's a, a series of, obviously tongue-in-cheek comical jokes that someone posted. Maybe you've probably seen them as well. And there's various, you know, shots, various photos of groups of, um, you know, teenagers or groups of young people. And it's like, I don't know, 10 or 15 different shots. It could be, you know, in a in a restaurant or wherever, and it and the general heading is says young people socializing. And it could be anywhere from, you know, a group of of four or five to maybe a group of a dozen. And the irony of it is every single one of them, no one's looking at each other, no one's conversing. And all the groups are all looking at their at their smartphone. <laughs> that's that's what I mean it's you know I mean what what will be the next step in this an actual you know this of, of course there's talk of this that we do a uh, we just do a brain implant because I think even for me, the very notion of that is just incredibly sad. Um, it's it's just yeah. I know it's not something I would want to live through. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, just if you think about this that the only thing that 
many people have ever known from their youngest experiences is just consuming. And it's an extremely narcissistic uh, pursuit. Me, 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 me. Every time you're sitting at that cell, that cell phone of yours, I don't care what you are doing from what I'm saying, Facebook, TikTok, you know, maybe you're buying something on Amazon, whatever it is. But think about this. That has got you locked away from everything and everyone. And think of how much time you spend that way. We have a huge problem of loneliness, especially with young folks. And I'm trying to say is you, with everything that I'm telling you and you wonder why, Because as far as I'm concerned, it's really self-evident. I would tell you, um, my younger person inside me would say, hey, man, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> In this case, I'm trying to say, hey, man, please get your head or face or eyes off of that damn smartphone try talking to a person you know maybe even heaven forbid a stranger in the grocery line something I do all the time even today I use my phone as primarily what it was intended for a cell phone someone calls hi how you doing what are you doing hey bring us a pizza okay cool or whatever and uh, of course i use it as a camera and um gps you know traveling that that part is great i admittedly i am not going to sit here and argue for the abolition of these devices i'm not saying you have to trash these things go off and i don't know live in a cave <laughs> but you know you really need to also give it a break try try going out real old school sometime when you're going to some place that is not alcohol laden, like club or bar. Try something interesting, a local set of musicians, um, a museum. Anything that where your mind is not going to be plowed and plied with alcohol, let's say. And you... Um, not only are you not connected with your cell phone, you refuse to either turn it on or even bring it. And at least if you feel more secure because of some 
I don't know, if you live right in the city and some obscure thing, some accident could befall you and you feel now much more just secure just with it on your person, then fine. But compromise, say, okay, but I'm not turning it on. Or from, I don't know, two in the afternoon till eight at night, not turning it on. Period. And that's a better feeling when at least you can demonstrate to yourself or perhaps even others that um, you control your life and not some Borg-like system. Because otherwise, what is the point from, you know, the cradle to the grave of our existence? What, what, what is the fucking point? So, what to do? Well, I think I just gave, for instance, one viable option of turning it off. Um, I had just recently, I, um, I had the good fortune of being able to, a, to take a trip um, into another state where I went on a mountain, a very, very big mountain, and did not, uh, was not having or did not purposely uh, engage with my cell phone. I had it, I had it in my car, but um, just didn't engage and wasn't calling people and doing selfies. And I know you're, you're probably just going to think I'm just a, I don't know, a stodgy, uh, boring old man. But that's another thing. This whole selfie thing is just, again, it epitomizes stupid. I don't think maybe I've done, since I've had a cell phone, I think I've done maybe two. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this whole absolute obsession is only connected to another addiction um, that feeds, again, narcissism, which is this dopamine hit. And the studies have shown this, that have been done, the, the dopamine hit from selfies and, again, Facebook and TikTok and all the rest. The more isolated my point is, the more isolated that you continue to become into this greater, what's the word, this greater uh, network, Netscape, hmm, dare I say, Matrix, um, the more disconnected and ultimately dissatisfied you become with, quote-unquote, the real world. It's, um, it's something, you know, basically, it's the come down, it's the constant, what I'd call the come down state of, say, using cocaine. 
And like many people my age from that era, yes, I have used cocaine. And there's a lot I learned. Um, fortunately, it wasn't those one of those deals that it ruined my life. Never got to that point. But what I did note was, yeah, uh, while it's there and while you're up, it's terrific. But, of course, there's the coming down. And some people didn't want to come down. Ever. <laughs> That's the point of the addiction. And believe it or not, in a in a different manner, um, it's the same thing with the use of the uh, smartphone and many of its hundreds or perhaps thousands of apps, and in particular, the social media. So it's always expecting, let's say, something for nothing. And that amounts to relationships with people. But people are not objects like a widget or a toy. So you can't just say, go to the store, buy the toy, you know, push the button, and it's instant interaction, understanding, bonding, sharing, and caring. These things don't come from nothing. They come from something, and that's called work. You have to work at a relationship to develop that, and it takes time. It takes the investment of people's time and mutual caring and all of that um, in order to achieve that, in order to develop that. But it's it can't be, it's not instantaneous. We're not talking a widget. People are not apps. I think it's about time that a lot of people need to be reminded of this. So if you are feeling incomplete, if you're feeling this whole, this, this, this lack of bonding, sharing, caring, dissatisfaction, even to the point where you can't even have or maintain a serious relationship with someone, well, that's the reason. The expectation needs to be changed and the parameters of the understanding of what this takes need to change. That's what needs to be done. And of course, you can't just, it can't just be the one person doing this. We have to have, it has to be, you know, more of a, a collective 
thing where we're all, we are on the same page. If you, for instance, if you like what I'm talking about here and you think it's relevant, then have someone else, you know, bounce it off them and have someone else listen to what I'm saying and say, hey, does this make, is this, you know, is this guy onto something? Is he, you know, is he crazy or is he just, you know, but bounce it off. It doesn't hurt. And say, well, you know, granted, look, I'm not even remotely meaning to sound prophetic at all. But there are times, and I think now is one of them, that many people have forgotten the basics. And people, many people, wanting and desiring and have become used to an instant gratification or also, depending on how how uh, special you are, or what used to be called um, spoiled, <laughs> if they're coming from a wealthy background, we used to call that, oh, yeah, they're spoiled, spoiled brat, spoiled. Um, yeah. <sighs> Anything of quality isn't cheap. And you don't get something for nothing. That's what I want to say. That's the the thing, the important part here that I feel needs to be remembered. Quality isn't cheap. And you don't get anything good for cheap. Things require work. People require work. People require investment. And you don't really get something for nothing. Hey, everybody. Before I wrap things up, I just wanted to give you this little message about the contest. When you go to my website at theearnestmanshow.com and go on the comments section, you can actually leave a comment about anything you want whatsoever. After all, this show is not about me, it's about you. And I really want to know what it is you want to talk about. So please, fill something out, let me know exactly what you want to talk about, and that is exactly what we will talk about. Other than that, all I can say is I hope you had a good day today and I hope we all have a better day tomorrow. Take care.